1 Corinthians 12, starting at verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, and according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we come in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit in this place, and we ask that you grant us grace to see your word, to know and understand, to comprehend with all the saints what is the height and the depth and the knowledge of God. So open our eyes and our ears, O Lord, this day. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sure we've all wanted to be part of something. We, we join clubs, we join groups, we want to be part of something where we feel like we're contributing something, where, where we have similar interests with people, maybe joining a political party, maybe joining a book club, whatever it may be. We want to feel like we're part of something. I think it's in our, it's in our fabric as human beings that we want to be part of a community. And as Christians, we're always part of something much greater than clubs and groups and hobbies and political groups. We know that we're contributing to something great. We, we have that innate desire as human beings. We want to know that we're contributing something to society, to the greater good, to our community, whatever it may be. And as Christians, we know that we do. I'm going to return to that in a moment. But the reason that Paul writing this letter to the Corinthians is, first of all, to exhort them, to give them encouragement. He knows that they're having a tough time as a church. Uh, and, and he's answering some concerns that they have. We, we see that throughout the letter, he says, now concerning these things that you wrote to me. So obviously they wrote a letter to him before, and he's answering some of, his, some of their concerns. How do we operate as a church? How do we operate as a new community now? Uh, it's a really interesting time in the church's history where you had Jews and Gentiles, and how do these people come together and operate as a church community? And those are questions that we need to be asking ourselves today as well. How do we, how do we come together as different people as a church? So he's, he's trying to answer some concerns that they have. And, and, this, and, and this one he says that he's beginning, he, he begins to address their concerns, their questions, their queries that they had about spiritual gifts. He, he wants them to have a clear understanding of spiritual gifts. 
His desire for them is that, as it says in verse 1, that they would not be uninformed. I want you to be informed. I want you to know, have a good understanding of spiritual gifts. And why is that? Because there were people in the church coming in, false teachers, uh, who were saying, uh, they were abusing the gifts. There There were false teachers saying, if you have these certain gifts, if you have all the gifts, then you're, you're kind of a superior, you're a, a, a super spiritual Christian. And so if you, ha- if you, if you have these things, uh, you're kind of up there in, in the level of Christianity. But Paul is trying to, uh, Paul is trying to teach proper theology in that regard. There were many that taught that if you have the gifts of tongues and healing and prophecy, that, oh, they're a, they're a really superior Christian. And from the immediate text, uh, verses 2 and 3, specifically verse 3, it seems as though that there were people who were claiming to be Christian, but by, their, by the word of their mouth, they weren't <coughs> Christians. Pardon me. They weren't Christians by the word of their mouth because they were saying Jesus is accursed. So somebody who says that does not have God's spirit. That's what Paul is saying. So there was these false teachers. (coughs) Oh, I was singing too much, I guess. So what he's saying is be aware of these people. And and these types of people who are teaching such things, be aware of them. Be aware of what they're teaching and repudiate it. Get rid of it. It's not right. They have disqualified themselves from the fellowship. They're they're teaching false things. So how, how can you trust that what they're teaching is correct? But that's uh that's a side point here. The point is is that he provides them and us, a very clear understanding of spiritual gifts. But he doesn't give an exhaustive list. Rather, in this list, he's providing them the reason. In verse 7, he says that to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. (coughs) Everyone's gifting is for the profit of the community. We could translate this as for the profit of everyone. So this, this phrase here, common good, you could translate it for the profit of everyone. Everybody's been given the spirit for, the, for everybody's profit in the church, for everybody's benefit in the church. We, we each have a spiritual gift to serve each other, and it's to our advantage that we all have a spiritual gift and use them. But I'm going to get to that in a moment. But here in... <coughs> pardon me, I'm sorry about that. He frames this understanding in Trinitarian terms. In verses 4, 5, and 6, he talks about there are various gifts, various services, various activities, but the same Spirit, the same Lord Jesus, and the same God. So he's, he's framing this 
in the Trinity. So what, what he's saying is that the church is similar to the Trinity. The church reflects the diversity of the Trinity. We have three persons, one God, three in one. There's diversity in the Trinity, and yet there's one God. We worship one God as Christians. Not three gods, one God. And so Paul is saying that our spiritual gifts, the way that we are operating and functioning as a church, reflects that of God himself. We're each members of the body, but one body. And actually he talks about that in the next verses after that. We are one body of believers, but many members. That is very Trinitarian. So we got to keep that in mind. We're reflecting, we're reflecting God in the world through our spiritual gifts. So one person cannot say that they possess all the gifts. If one person had all the gifts, then why would anybody else need to do anything? Everybody is given the, a gift to serve the church. The church is a joint effort. <coughs> Michael Green points out something vital here. There are indeed variety of gifts, but it is the same Spirit who distributes them. There are indeed varieties of ways of serving the Lord, but it is the same Lord we all serve. There are indeed varieties in the way the Father is active in us, but every capacity and the strength to make good use of it are His alone. There is therefore no room either for boasting or jealousy. These gifts have no necessarily link with holiness or of life, nor with power and service. They are gifts of the Spirit, not graces of character, and they are intended for the building up the whole Christian community in service to the common Lord. I, I think that's an excellent quote. There is no room for boasting in what we have been given. It's not because of the, our character that we have the gifts that we have. It's because of the gift that God has given us. Is there any Kleenexes up here? <laughs> That's okay. Should I get something over there? Yes, please. Thank you. <clears throat> now the the context of spiritual gifts is found in his section on public worship. Previously in chapter eleven he dealt with communion. So Paul considers spiritual gifts as part of public worship. And really what I want to get to is that Spiritual gifts are used to worship God. Okay, thank you very much. Oh, I'm a train wreck this morning. So he's framing this discussion in ways of, of, of worship. He, he, he's saying we're using our gifts... To worship God. So, in other words, we could say that by serving one another with our spiritual gifts, we are worshiping God. By serving each other with our spiritual gifts, we are worshiping God. But there are other themes that have come up in 1 Corinthians 
that, that really relate back to this. And I think Paul has built up already so that we can get ready for this discussion on spiritual gifts. Back in chapter 3, he talks about that don't, put, don't place yourself in, a, in the Apollo camp and don't place yourself in the Paul camp. Don't say, I'm a Paul and I'm a, of Apollo. He's saying we're all fellow workers. We're all fellow workers of the gospel. He says, Apollo planted, Paul watered, and God made the gro- uh, had the growth. So he, he reminds them, we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. So we, have to, we, we really got to keep that in mind here in this spiritual gifts discussion. Not everybody will be able to do everything. Not everybody has a monopoly on doing good things for the kingdom. So the, the, the second theme that he's, that he's established, uh, it also comes from chapter 3 where he talks about the temple. He says that, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? God's temple is holy and you are that temple. He says you, meaning that the, that, uh, the you there is plural. So it means you, everybody, the church is God's temple. The people who comprise the church are God's, is God's dwelling place. That is the temple. God's dwelling place. This is because Jesus is the new temple. And when we are in union with Him, we are, part, we are that temple. So, both of these scenes kind of come together here. How is that? Again, He asserts that we do... We, we, can't do, we can't do all these good works. It is God who has the final work. One person cannot say that they've done all these good things. One person cannot say, I have all these gifts and I'm going to do all these things for the kingdom. Because then it would be quite easy to say, oh, I'm going to follow them. Whereas what they should be doing with their gifts is saying, follow Jesus, follow Jesus. And that's what Paul was doing. Don't say you're in my camp. Say you're in the Jesus camp. Don't say you're in the Apollo camp. Say you're in the Jesus camp. Each person contributes to God's work. That's that's how this theme kind of comes over here to spiritual works or uh, to spiritual gifts. Everybody contributes to the work of the kingdom and do not have a, a monopoly on doing God's work. All people in the church as a result of having a spiritual gift, because we all have the Spirit, contribute to God's work. But the theme of the temple is important here because it goes back to the Old Testament. I'm really making you think backwards here a little bit. <coughs> Pardon me. Back in Exodus 31, God appointed two men, uh, Bezel El and Holiab. Uh, he appointed them, he anointed them with the Spirit, and he gave them spiritual gifts. He says, I'm going to give you the Spirit, and I'm going to give you these gifts in order to build the tabernacle. He gave them, it's, this, is, this is a quote from Exodus, gave them the abilities and intelligence 
with knowledge and all craftsmanship. So, in other words, God gave these two men spiritual gifts to craft the tabernacle, God's dwelling place, His temple, the precursor to the temple. The, these two men were given the Spirit in order to construct and build and, and, and make beautiful God's temple. Now, connect that back to spiritual gifts here today. Put, think about that. We, the church, are God's temple, His dwelling place. We all have spiritual gifts, just like the two men in Exodus 31. Why were they given gifts? So that the Spirit could work through them to build God's dwelling place. Has that changed? No. Because we've all been given spiritual gifts in order that the Spirit might work through us to continue to build God's dwelling place here. He's given us all spiritual gifts to contribute to the building of God's temple on earth. His spiritual temple. It's not, it's not about a beautiful church building, though I do appreciate a beautiful building. It's about a beautiful people filled with God's spirit. And I'm going to touch on that next week. What, is, what, is that, what does that mean? It's people filled with God's Spirit who love God and have the mind of Jesus. It's about serving one another with the gifts that we have. It's that beautiful temple. I, I can just think about when people would go into the temple and there was beautiful artwork even on the outside and you go in and there's this beautiful paint, paint work and uh, craftsmanship as you go in there and, and you're reminded we're going into God's presence we're, we're, our eyes are, are, are our eyes are reminded of something greater than ourselves and they, they're lifted up to the heavens to God's glory and so it is with, with us as believers uh, where we see that God is working in the midst of each of us and our eyes are, are pushed forward as we serve one another with our gifts. So these two themes come together, is that we're all working together here. He writes in chapter 3 again that, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. This is temple language. The foundation that's been laid is Jesus. And we're all building upon that foundation. He, he's talking about using our gifts to contribute to the building of God's temple. The, the church, the congregation of believers. That's what, that's what he's talking about. The congregation of believers. The, God is dwelling here with us as, as, as believers. And, and, and so he lists, lists the gifts... Uh, I, I don't want to. I don't really want to talk about the gifts. Um, that's just that's a whole different conversation. But he also mentions gifts in Ephesians four, and he he gives a good explanation of why gifts are given. I, he really gives a good explanation in Ephesians four. He writes this: to equip the saints for the work of ministry, 
for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, <coughs> tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every kind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Notice what he says here. The purpose of spiritual gifts is to come to maturity, to completeness. He's, he says so that you would no longer be children. That means growing up. <laughs> and so there's an end goal here. For the, the point of spiritual gifts is that it's pointing us towards some kind of end goal. We're reminded that Jesus is coming back. And so we use our gifts to, to help people get to that end goal. To get to, the, to get to completeness, to maturity, to grow up on earth as, as Jesus comes back. He, we, we're waiting for when He returns and He dwells with us visibly. We know that He's here, but we can't see Him. But somehow, through our gifts and, and what God has given us, we are reminded that He is with us. It's very much... A reminder of our, our mind's eye is looking and saying, yes, God is with us. And also thinking about the future, thinking Christ is coming back. So we use our gifts to serve one another. We, we look forward to the renewing of all things when, when, we, don't, when we won't need them anymore. We won't, we won't need to use these gifts that God has given because... Everything will be complete. Uh, we won't need to teach each other. We won't need to. Uh, inter uh, we won't need tongues. We won't need to. Well, maybe that's a. I don't. I'm not sure about that. But we won't need to. You know, there's. These are things that are pointing ahead, uh, and, and. Well. I think they will cease when Christ comes back. Because they're pointing us towards a greater reality. Then right here and now. It's, it, it's grounding us in the fact that Jesus is coming back. And of course it's more than, than tongues. It's, he, lists, he lists these gifts. Which I said I wasn't going to. But he says wisdom, knowledge, discernment, miracles, uh, uh, interpretation. These things are pointing us ahead to something greater than ourselves. <clears throat> so the Spirit is bringing us together as individuals. We're not each individual Christians. We're all Christians together. It's kind of, it, it's like trying to explain the Trinity. It's mysterious, it's paradoxical, it's kind of hard, and that's the same with the church. How do we figure this thing out? Uh, but God is bringing us together and we're serving each other. This is one way that we're, that we're really serving each other. We, don't, we, we, we aren't Christians for the sake of ourselves. We aren't Christians to save our own hides. We're Christians to bring God's kingdom to earth. And that's what we're doing with our gifts. Bringing God's kingdom to earth. So none of us can boast in our superior spirituality. 
But we can also be comforted by the fact that God is using us. That we're all playing some kind of part in God's kingdom. He says in verses 12 to 31 that nobody can say to the toe, you're not useful. So maybe you're the toe and you're useful. You can be comforted by that. (laughs) And you can be comforted by that. Nobody in the church is excluded from contributing. So I want to make some, some concluding points now. Kind of wrap up everything. Kind of just repeat myself a little bit here. First is that we're all part of something greater. And I think that's an important message for something that we're going through right now. We get to meet together as a church, which is wonderful. But during those few months, we were very isolated. And it's very easy to forget that we're part of something much bigger than ourselves. We're, we're, we are not excluded from that, the great cloud of witnesses. We're, we're part of this great body of believers. And somehow, we still serve each other. I don't, I'm not sure how. <laughs> but somehow, we still can. My second point is that, as, that we as the church reflect God, the Trinity, on earth. And how do we do that? If God is love, let me put this a different way. God is love. And God is love. Out of that pours out their, their, their self-sacrifice. Their, they, they serve each other. Each member of the Trinity serves each other. And that is love. So through that, we, and, and this goes to, you know, 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, therefore, we, if, if, reflecting God, if reflecting God the Trinity on earth, we're reflecting loving service to each other. Giving of ourselves for the benefit of others. Thirdly, through the power of the Spirit, we all contribute to the building of God's dwelling place. And I think that's so cool. We get to do what those two guys in Exodus got to do. All of us get to do that. Fourth, we look forward to Jesus returning and establishing his final dwelling place. We look forward. We look ahead. We, we will no longer need spiritual gifts. For, what, for that is what they point towards. They, they are, they were, they, we, we use our gifts so that God's kingdom would break into history and God's kingdom will come in its, in, in its fullness. We will be mature and complete to use Paul's language in Ephesians 4. So my final point is this. This is about serving one another and contributing to God's work on earth. So do it. Use your spiritual gifts and contribute to the building of God's temple here on earth. This is the work of the Spirit. The work of the Spirit is to build God's dwelling place. So we get to participate in that. So let's, let's do that. And be comforted that God is using us. And that uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against God's kingdom. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time again.
Thank you for your word. Help us to know our spiritual gifts. Help us to know how to serve one another, to give ourselves each other. How do we, how do, we do this, Lord? <clears throat> we need you to help us. We're thankful that you do use us, though we feel unworthy at times. Thank you for bringing your kingdom to earth through us. Humble us through that fact and help us to serve this, each other, to serve the world. Holy Spirit, come and reign in us. Fill us. Uh, guide us. Give us encouragement by the fact that you're returning, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.